there, lovely. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. Hey, this is Emily Milburn, Caitlin Atkins from Neighbours. Hi, this is Candice Lease, Wendy Rodwell on Neighbours. And you are listening to the award-winning... The best podcast in the entire world. The Neighbourhood Rewatch. Okay, welcome to The Neighbourhood Rewatch. The only classic Neighbours Rewatch podcast. I'm JK, the host. Today we have Adam. All right. And we have Tim. Yo. So we're, we've rewatched, well, me and Adam have rewatched episodes 3006 to 3009. Uh, Tim is just here to, well, we're going to fill Tim in on what, what's happened. <laughs> yeah, to decide whether I'm just here to take the piss. Or you're all here to teach me something. We've not, yeah, we've not figured what your role is. Comedy sidekick for now, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> Tim, do you uh, know what your role in life is yet? Or is, no, this is, no, this is the go. problem. That yeah. Well, I know what mine is, and it's this podcast. True. I'm quite impressed. You you just did that intro without messing it up. Like, thank in the you. Old days, I... That was never going to happen. You have to do yeah. that three times. <laughs> I am becoming a polished broadcaster every every podcast. Just a little bit stronger. <laughs> you sound more like a Polish broadcaster than a, a polished one. Don't do an accent. Okay, right. And moving on. So you can follow us on Twitter at Watch Neighbor. Uh, we have been gaining followers over the last week quite rapidly and listeners as well. So let's ride this momentum forth and talk about what happened between episodes 3006 and 3009. So first of all, I want to talk about the Madge storyline. Okay. Uh, so she hasn't got the flu. No, There's, and you were giving been... Kyle a lot of shit last week. Can you say shit on this podcast? Giving him he a has. lot of shit last week about and said he, she needed some rest and all that. And Kyle, Kyle was quite right um, to, like see Madge, but it turns out there is a lot more to it than than just needing a, a little bit of a sleep, unfortunately. True. He has completely misdiagnosed this. He really has. As, as we find out what the illness is later on, it is nothing like the flu at all. He must have advised us to go to the hospital, though. Well, from what I believe, from this, the short recap that we see at the start of the episode... Oh, uh, stop. I, yeah, so the short recap proper shit me up at the start because it was the most dramatic music I'd ever <laughs> heard in my life. 3006 starts with like, I thought, oh, what the, oh, I didn't know what had gone on. And it was, they were rushing into the hospital, weren't they, at the start of it. Harold and that weird kid, Paul, were taking Madge to the hospital. But I thought, what the fuck is going on here? Just a few yeah. tests. That's all it was. Is this because yeah. you, you missed, a, is it, did you miss one episode or two? We missed about three episodes. Because they're just not on the website you've been watching. Yeah, they were not on. Uh, Again, the the website is Daily Motion. Uh, Shout out to Neighbours UK fans forever for uploading absolutely thousands of Neighbours episodes. Uh, Again, shout out for them. Thank you very much. It's it's enabling us to do this podcast. Uh, But yeah, so we we get the little recap at the start. The dramatic music. They've used that dramatic music again later on. It's, it's, It's... not used in the right way though it's used <laughs> as if oh my god someone's like child has died that's the kind of music it is but yeah. it's not it was just like oh we <laughs> it's need just to a bit do some busy. routine tests at the hospital so 
<laughs> so yeah, she's staying overnight. Hospital means sad. <laughs> yeah, she's staying overnight in the hospital because she's going to have a CAT scan. Um, so Harold and Paul, the weird kid that lived with them, uh, are there. And Paul's made her a sticky date pudding for overnight. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that like no, a but thing? At, the t- at the time... When it was like he was really insistent that Madge tried this sticky date pudding, and I thought this was before we knew she what was wrong with her. I thought weird kid Paul is poisoning her. That's what I thought it was. He's poisoned this. He's been poisoning her for a while, and now he's trying to finish her off with this pudding. <laughs> That's what that felt would like. have been a really good place for it to go, because we would have found out. We could have found out what his motivations would have been. Uh, that would have been a really place to go. But no, they haven't gone that way, unfortunately. Uh, one prediction we did make last week about Paul, though, uh, and his boy band looks and maybe starting a boy band. Uh, we did see later on, he has a guitar. He has, a, he has a guitar. He's, so it's not a boy band. It's, it's a little indie rock band he's going to start up. Jason Orange played the guitar and take that. No, we no. He didn't play it. Sure, it was definitely yeah. not. It was definitely not plugged in. That's like when I give my five-year-old son a controller, but don't turn it on, and say, "Yeah, we're playing this game together." Hmm. Why is there only one character on the screen, Dad? <laughs> Am I controlling that one? What are you doing? Yeah, it's it's like. It's also pretty much like Andrew Ridgely as well. His guitar was definitely not plugged in. It was George doing all the way. He just brought his mate along for the ride. So you don't think Paul's going to make it or that's not going to lead anywhere then? No, I reckon he's going to try. There's surely going to be a storyline later on uh, where he tries to set up a band and doing a couple of performances maybe. Uh, but, you know, I, all I kinds think of pop stars come out of Neighbours. Very true. Very true. There is a, there is a, a direct line from working on neighbours to stardom. Yeah, I'm hoping to try that in a few years' time. <laughs> it's kind of what, why I'm doing this podcast now. Just it's come, I'm launching my way and getting myself in. Tim, if on next week's podcast I see you with a guitar, re- redoing the neighbours theme song. No, I'm, I'm just, I might be on Neighbours itself next week, but you won't know because it's going to take you about 10 years to catch up. What else about Madge? Okay, so so we do find out what she's got eventually, and it's a cerebral aneurysm. Now, I did a little bit of search on what that is. So basically, yeah, I did some medical research on that. It's an unruptured, basically an unruptured balloon that is in your brain, and at any moment it could just pop. That's what they said. This Carl said to her, she's a ticking time bomb. How did Madge react to that? I would shit myself and probably be like, right, well, let's get this sorted out straight away. Let's, I'll stay in the hospital, obviously, because uh, you know what you're talking about, and then please fix me. What did, how did Madge react, though? Just fucking, just wanted to go home. Just started packing just shit and home. got off. Just fucked her phone. Doesn't tell Harold. No. No. D- does not want to tell Harold at all about this potential, that, that she could die at any fucking moment. Well, she says, she says something like, I need to find the right time to tell him. Tell him now, when you're in the hospital, surrounded by doctors who've just <laughs> said you're a ticking time bomb. 
don't do it when you're making the fucking shepherd's pie later on in the week. Yeah, when when is the right time? When she's dying from it? Quite possibly. <laughs> Maybe he's into that, so she's waiting for the right moment that you know, it won't be embarrassing if he gets really turned on. Only you would think that, Tim. Only would, yeah. <laughs> of course, again, Tim, bringing the sleeves to the podcast. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I like... One one thing I noticed, when, especially when Marge and Carl were talking to each other, everyone talks about Harold like he's a child. In what everyone way? Talk, they talk about him like he's a child that needs to be looked after and protected. They talk about him like he's a five-year-old and he can't look after himself. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't like she didn't want to tell him so fast then. Maybe, Did, you think there's any do you think there's any sense to it? Is he, is he a bit like challenged? That? I don't know. I don't I don't remember him ever being like that, but I I do kind of remember him being just like excessively nice. So maybe he's a bit naive, a bit soft. He's nice, naive. He's quite sensitive, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's a warrior. We definitely know he's a warrior, and she doesn't want him to worry. However, this might we might this might be a bit early to say this because this kind of goes into another storyline, I think. Um, but so Harold is in charge of the coffee shop, yeah? Mm-hmm. Him and Madge own the coffee shop. He's looking after weird kid Paul. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing that he does as well. He mm-hmm. um his wife, he doesn't know it yet, but she's not been well, and that's gonna probably take up quite a bit of his time in the future. Um, maybe looking after her and all that kind of stuff. We also find out, don't know which of these episodes it was that he wants to work part-time as Carl's secretary when Sarah, the fit one, isn't there. So he's, <laughs> he's going to get another job as a part-time medical secretary, which I've never done, but I'm guessing probably need you probably need to know some shit for that job. You can't just turn up having made a few brews at the coffee shop and all of a sudden be a medical secretary. No, I think that is... that's a bit weird. And I think he's he's giving him he's papering himself a bit too thin, I think. Spreading himself too thin. Papering himself too thin? I don't know. <laughs> that is Do you think he knows how, how the secretaries get treated and he wants some? Again, Tim, only you would think that. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a point I wanted to make about that later on. There's a reason it's Harold. I think it's because it's, it's certainly not because he's going to be good at this job. He's just going to be the absolute boner killer to, as, as opposed to Sarah. So he's got, you know, anytime you start. I'm not the only one that was thinking it. Anytime he starts having thoughts about Sarah, he just needs to look at Harold's walrus face and oh. the balance is redressed. Yeah. That is Poor a ridiculous uh, storyline development. There. Do, you, do we think, Harold will become a secretary at some point. Do you think that will happen? Sounds like he's already pretty much got the job to me. Yeah. Like They made it sound like, well, he's going to get the job. Sarah was like, well, yeah, I think it's a good idea. So she can, whoa, it's a bit of a cold shower for her on the old topic as well. She's not going to be there five days a week. But I feel like she's, she's not thinking through. Harold is going to be a bumbling fool in that job, and she's going to have to come in on a Wednesday, if Harold does Mondays and Tuesdays, and have to sort all the shit out. Nobody wants that. You know, she's going to create more work for herself because she's exactly. going to have to undo the work that he's done the day she's not there. 
So she might as well just stay on and do the work. But so so Harold's Harold's wise to something going on here. He knows Madge is not telling the truth. Uh, when they're washing the pots together, uh, Madge is passing it off as oh there was could be a minor complication, and Harold's like right this is not on. So he, he steams into Carl's Carl's house, and and demands to know what's going on. Uh, but Carl is bound by doctor-patient confidentiality, and he nearly fucking breaks. He so nearly breaks it. He didn't, though. I was like, I didn't. thought he was, he was going to, but he didn't. So I was quite proud of him to, for sticking to his morals there. Different morals when it comes to boning his secretary, I imagine. But um, in some ways, he's, st he's trying to stick by it. He took an oath as a, as a medical professional. He did. He could get struck off, I think. I think that's a, you know, uh, an offence where you just get taken, it gets taken away from you straight away if you do break that confidentiality. I don't think, I don't think, it, don't think you get like three strikes or anything. I think it's, you know, one and done. Yeah. Weird situation that though, isn't it? Because surely you, you've got to think it's actually best for the patient if, if a husband is aware of it. And especially if it's a brain thing, are you not questioning the psychological state of the person as well? Maybe she's not capable good, of making that kind of decision. That is a very good point. Who thought we'd be having this moral dilemma and this moral discussion? It's deep. It's like Shakespeare, some say. <laughs> <laughs> also, do we not... Uh, I said before that Carl completely misdiagnosed Madge. He's fucking everywhere throughout the whole of this. When Madge goes into the CAT scans, he's fucking... He's, he's absolutely... He's, his fingers are all over this. Do you think he's trying to cover this up? Do you think he's trying to cover his own back here? For just saying, go and have a nap and you'll be fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Do you think he's he's thinking about a potential lawsuit later on and going, I need to fucking cover myself here? I feel like you've been after Carl from the beginning. I'm going to stay on his <laughs> side a little bit here and say he is a friendly face at the hospital. He is there for Madge during this CAT scan and testing going on. He is taking it. He's actually doing more than required, I think. He's just you think he's going above there. and beyond? Yeah. Go on, Carl. Okay. Where do you sit on this, Tim? Yeah, I'm more on Adam's side, I think, because it's, I mean, aside from the fact that they probably just didn't want to hire more actors to be a doctor, Carl was there anyway. Whoa, didn't whoa, just have it. I think it's more really? likely that the, the whole suing culture thing came probably, I mean, at least 10 years later and not really, it didn't really start in Australia. I don't think he would have been worried about getting sued for, it wasn't like it's a terrible judgment. I mean, he wouldn't, doctors probably should check for these things, but you don't automatically think brain aneurysm. You think that person's probably got a flu or they're being dramatic, especially because he knows her personally, which I think is a bad thing, really. They, they shouldn't have that relationship. Yeah, clouds his judgment. Yeah. Okay, so th th there's one small other part of the match storyline that I want to talk about before we move on to the, probably the Carl and Sarah storyline because that one's quite intertwined is that we find that remember at the end of the last week's podcast there was someone leaving street signs in Harold's garden yeah yeah well, they've been taking they've been nicking them they've been nicking the Ramsey street street sign I know and we find out who it is we do we do find out and uh, looking at the prediction, I said it was Toadie, which everyone thought it was Toadie. Even Mike said, I think it's Toadie. 
did you two predict this? Uh, Tim, I think you said a random drunk person. Um, I can't well, remember. Like, you... And I said weird kid Paul, I think. Yeah, you did say weird kid Paul. You did. I was pretty close. You was pretty close. Uh, you know, we'll get onto it a little bit, but Adam, your predictions were pretty much bang on, if I'm honest. Uh, oh, really? But, you know, but, but Paul did know. He knew it was Hannah, Hannah Martin. And get this, Tim. Do you want to know why she was doing it? Definitely do. Because she was annoyed that Harold and Madge had took the jukebox out of the cafe and put it in Lou's. That was her explanation. Wow. That was they they cut they cut away from this revelation, and then they bring it back later on with this absolute bombshell of why. This was a time a, a long time before iPods. You gotta allow that. I mean, fair enough. True, but does is that a, is that a relevant? Uh, you know, they, they took the jukebox away to take it to lose. Is is that a is that a, a proportionate response? So what happened? Maybe yeah, it had some of her best CDs in there. I think, like, it's, it, it, she was just having a joke. Like, she was just taking the street sign. She wasn't smashing anyone's house up or setting fire to anything. She was literally just taking down the street signs, and then the council were putting up new ones. And she was so, just in Harold's garden. I don't really think there was, like... Like her dad kicked off at the end and said it was an absolute joke and she'd have to pay for all the council work and everything. Yeah, out of the jukebox money. Out of the jukebox money. I don't know how much money Mostly this jukebox that was washers is we learned last week. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how much money this jukebox is making, especially split three ways as well. It's, uh, I thought maybe it has some really good CDs in there. I don't know. Maybe it's CDs they can't get anywhere else. Maybe this is like the six music of Ramsey Street. Like, no, no one going with me on that one? Okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, one more point I want to bring up. Uh, so Paul was bending the truth there, even in that kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of way. He was saying he found them. He was like, yeah, I found them because Hannah put them there. And Madge sticks up for him for bending the truth. She said, no, it's okay to bend the truth. Not a problem at all because she's doing the exact same with Harold. Oh, well spotted. Yeah. Deep layers there, deep layers in that storyline. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. So, Sarah and Carl, Susan's back. Soon he's back. She's yeah. come back for the weekend. She's decided she's coming back at weekends now. I think that's I what always I like Susan. Yeah, Susan's pretty cool. She's a very good wife. Right. She has no idea this is going on as well. Absolutely zero nope. idea. Um, even though Carl is actually acting so dodgy, so so dodgy, he looks like the guiltiest man you've ever seen in your life. But then they're asking him, like, oh, uh, what's going on with you and Sarah? And he goes, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Goes, what, you know, there's nothing going on. In, uh... in regards to work. Oh, yes, okay. And then there was, she spoke to Sarah and she said, oh, you need to keep your own affairs in order or something. And by affairs, I mean your 
your training as a nurse? And she was like, yeah. whoa, well, I thought you meant the other affair then, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their faces, the their faces tell such a story and Susan doesn't pick up on any of it. Susan as well, obviously she's coming back for weekends, so she's been working all week away at her school. She's come back and she's proper in the mood for some loving, isn't she? She certainly she's is. Like, I'll make you this meal. He says, what we're we doing later? And she says, me. All stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's verbatim as well, to be fair. I think that's pretty much how the dialogue went. Uh, no, no yeah. she said she was his dessert. That was it. It's filth. It's absolute filth. <laughs> well, you know, she's only got the weekends now. They, there's no option midweek to, to be doing this. So it, it's... Any possibility that she knows? No. And, but she's just playing dumb. She's just messing no with chance. it. No chance. Because she, she says something about Sarah's a really nice girl. Um, all this yeah. kind of stuff. No, I, I, don't think, I don't think she's uh, very aware at all. And we was asking the question last time, or have they actually got it on yet? They haven't actually got it on yet. I think no. there was a bit of a kiss from what I was one tell. kiss we found out because uh-huh. Sarah tells Ben later on that there was one yeah. kiss. There's a little bit of a kiss, but that... Carl Kennedy, great kisser apparently, because that has made Sarah fall in love with him. Wow. That's it. That's what she says. I mean, that's that song, right? One kiss is all it takes. That is a song, right? I don't know. It sounds like a... a, a, I don't know. (laughs) Is it? It is a song. Sounds a bit dodgy. I don't know. If it's not from the 80s or the 90s, I I feel like it's a dance track from the last couple of years. I'll find it on Spotify and I'll put it at the end of this podcast. One kiss is all it takes, Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris? There we go. He's popular. (laughs) (laughs) That makes makes me feel more legitimised there when it's a podcast. Sound more old and more white, please. (laughs) The lyrics don't make any sense. One kiss is all it takes. Falling in love with me. Possibilities. I look like all you need. I imagine Sarah said that to Carl exactly. It doesn't there make you. any sense. Or maybe Carl said that to Sarah. Can't see out of the two of them. Sarah seems very much smitten and wanting to get involved in this. Carl is obviously a bit like whoa, and he's quite rude to her a few times. Susan spots it, calls him on it a little bit, being a bit harsh because she leaves. Sarah's forgot her keys or something and she has to borrow his keys. Yeah, yeah, he he's like, like a dick there, doesn't he? He does, but at the same time, he was right. He is fucking paying her. Like, <laughs> she has just come round. If they if they, they didn't, if they weren't neighbours, would she be going and just knocking on and saying, oh, I forgot my keys? At whatever time at night, he just had his tea. Bullshit. Yeah, and he was about to get his end away as well. Exactly. But yeah, you're right right there. Sarah is totally, totally into this. Carl is doesn't really doesn't want any of this, does he really? He's uh again he's trying to cover is he, it up. Is he he's trying to cover up Madge and he's trying to cover up this. He's got a lot going on. I think I think it's all gonna crumble at some point. It's all gonna, you know, the lies are all gonna stack up on each other. It's all gonna crumble. Well uh, now it before it was just them two obviously knew about it, but then as you previously mentioned there, Sarah mentioned this to another character who I'm sure we'll get onto in a second. So mm-hmm. now it's out. The cat, it, it, 
the cat's out of the bag a little bit. All it takes, one person knows, then another person knows, and before you know it, the whole of Ramsey Street might know. Callous whispers, indeed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Carl acting dodgy, there's a scene. So, so Carl finds out through Ben that uh, Sarah's mentioned that he's had, she's uh, fallen in love with uh, a married man. So obviously Carl puts that together and realises that Sarah's been talking to Ben about Carl. So Carl hangs around outside, I think, the cafe in a dodgy pair of sunglasses, waiting. And then when Sarah walks past, absolutely pounces on her, side, brings her off to the side, sits her down and gives her a good talking to about, you know, basically shut up, stop talking about this. Puts his sunglasses back on and gets the fuck out of there. I think that's as a, as a disguise. It's better than Clark Kent's disguise in his defense, <laughs> but but you think that's reasonable behavior, especially with the sunglasses. I don't I don't I don't see the need for the sunglasses. It's Australia. I imagine it's pretty sunny. <laughs> I think I think he's he's spotted a chance to speak to her on her own. Yeah, he is gonna be a little bit wary of things. The sunglasses are just an accessory, nothing more. No, I think they were there to hide his identity. I think they were there as a disguise. Maybe. Was there any kind of music playing as he was doing this that was like that would indicate that he's trying to be a bit sneaky? Well, like the mission impossible just, music. Well, yeah, I was <laughs> thinking more of something a bit more silly than that, but like, was it only the disguise is what I'm asking? Like, if we're trying to figure out whether he meant it to be a disguise or he just happened to be wearing sunglasses. Well, neighbours do play these, as the scenes that's coming to an end, they, they throw these little musical motifs in there, don't they? Uh, and it seemed a bit sinister, the music they were playing in that one. They've got oh, about 10 yeah, they, that they use on repeat, and this was the sinister music. There you go, then. If he's, <laughs> if he's trying to be a bit sneaky, but not in a jokey way, then, yeah, sunglasses as a disguise is stupid. <laughs> I'm going to try think, it, though. Yeah, but I think Carl thinks he's, he's dealt with this now. Uh, I mean, we'll come on to predictions later on about what's going to happen next, but for, from what I get, Carl thinks this is done now. He's he's covered all his bases. This is, the thing, this is something to be With concise. Sarah, though, with Sarah, like, she, like we said earlier, she what she's doing like this nursing course or something, and then that means Harold's going to take her job a couple of days a week part-time. I, I imagine that she has got a lot of work to be getting on with. If she's doing a course to be like a nurse or whatever it was, that's going to take a lot of assignments, a lot of time up. She needs to be doing a lot of studying, maybe going to college. Yeah, she'll be doing the practical side of it as well. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. I haven't seen her do anything yet. <laughs> I've, I've watched probably seven episodes altogether um, of this, this rewatch. Not once has Sarah been in college, done any work or anything. She's constantly around the Kennedy's house having a tea. I don't understand. What are you doing? It's like she's in the hot. She's been in the hospital a lot, visiting Ben. Fair play, course. She ain't passing this course unless she sleeps with the professor. There we go. That's that's a bold production. Going to happen. Right, I, I don't think I don't think her heart's in this course at all. I think. 
that's just an excuse to go away for a little bit and just get away, get her away from Carl. But yeah, I don't think her heart's in it. Her heart's with Carl right now. So moving on to the Ben storyline. Uh, Adam, this is where I want to talk about your predictions. Last week, we I asked you where you thought the whole the Coma Ben storyline would be. And you would say, you said either one or the other. Can't walk, brain dead. <laughs> no, sorry, brain damage. Can't walk, brain damage. Yeah. So, I think we should say first true. of all, he's, a, he's awake. He is awake. He, he wasn't awake last time. He's fucking awake now. He was awake. He, op- he opened his eyes as uh, as we found out. And another prediction as well. You, uh, Jeff, who was the man who was asking lots of questions and giving no answers. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get this one right, Adam. You did say he was a pedo. Uh, unfortunately, the correct answer was real father. So, Jeff, the real father. Are you sure talk- he's not a pedophile as well? Okay. I don't know. They could go down that storyline later on. Um, but for now, he's the real father. Um yeah, and as he's talking to Ben, talking about his regrets and hold, doing the, that holding hand things that you do with people in comas, uh, he opens his eyes. But yeah, uh, he's clearly brain damaged, and they're never sure. They're not sure if his legs are going to work again. So great See, I was going to ask about the brain damage thing. So he's awake, brilliant. He knows who he is, brilliant. He knows who a lot of people are. He wasn't sure who Caitlin was, which was a bit of a sad thing for Caitlin. But then he started talking a little bit funny. Yeah. So I'm I'd, I'd not sure because not, I don't know if this is just what the character slash actor is actually like. And this is just... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like maybe oh, this that's is a good point, actually. Wrong. That is a good point. What's wrong with him anyway? I haven't heard him speak before he was in a car accident and had a coma. So now he's doing this thing where he sounds like there's something wrong with him. But I don't know. I didn't want to say, oh, he's got brain damage, listen to his voice in case he, that's not part of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Tim hasn't I know seen exactly it. what you do mean you there. Do, a, do you want to kind of describe or do an impression of how he's now talking? Who, me? You, yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, the worst that could happen? Yeah, so he's doing he's doing a very slurred kind of speech and then putting like really elongated pauses between the words. That's very much how he's doing it, um, which yeah, I think indicates brain damage. But Adam, you could be right there. <laughs> <laughs> you could be Decided. right there. This could That's be how the guy talks that I've just really made uh, a really yeah, comment what I about him. But I'm, 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 you know, I'll have to die on that hill. I think. Uh, but yeah, he's awake now. He remembers his name, uh, which again he does a dramatic pause and goes. Ben? Oh, we, I, See, I you, wish we were you're, recording. You're <laughs> adding now, like before it was just like slow speech, okay, like you're overthinking things maybe to try and remember, but you did a face then and <laughs> you started to kind of go a little bit, a little bit the other way, I think. <laughs> you were at least a quarter Stephen Hawking there for a second and it was worrying. Okay, well, we'll we'll quickly move on from that then uh, before I start getting really insulting. So, Susan has a fella, and it's Phil Martin. Where the fuck was he? 
Not Susan, Ruth. Ruth. Yeah, yeah Ruth. I wrote her name that that here, would add a complication. That would have. Yeah, sorry, Ruth, who was Ben's biological mother and gave him up for adoption. She has a fella and it's Phil Martin. Where the fuck has he been for the last... We watched, what, three episodes? And he was in a coma? No fucking sight of this guy. And then we find out, as the race was going on, he's asked Ruth to marry him. Where the fuck was this storyline? Why the fuck is and it then, only just coming up now? So he, Ben wakes up, brilliant news, and then Phil basically asks Ruth to marry him again. And then Ruth says, Ruth says, you've been a great support. Wasn't in any of the other episodes. And she, but then she even says, you've really, you've been really good over the last couple of weeks. So she's marrying him. Now, I like I might be speaking to the wrong audience here, but I would not be fucking marrying someone having just met him after just being all right for a couple of weeks. That sounds fucking mental in my head. Thoughts, Tim? <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Uh... <laughs> well, well, Tim, as we find out later on, so Ruth has terrible uh, taste in men because realise Jeff's a bit of an idiot as well. Uh, and... I think they try and blame it on the fact that he was in he was uh, in the army. Uh, but yeah, she's she she was uh, she was having a, a romantic liaison with Jeff, and then he you know he's got her up the door and, and just completely fucked off. Uh, he wanted to be a swimmer. Wanted to be a swimmer. That's because they find the bronze medal from like his swimming career. That's how they find. That's how oh, they know he's been career? around. I thought it was like an army medal. You are a fucking ignorant <laughs> idiot. <I did. laughs> He's a swimmer. He's a swimmer. Oh, well, that leads potential down the line with Billy, I suppose. Having a kid would have interfered with his dreams of being um, an Olympian. Really? That's it. Wow. Well, well, Ruth bought this bullshit excuse anyway. <laughs> uh, she, she clearly bought that excuse because he just Jeff just fucked off. Also, I do have a question. So who is the father of Anne and Lance then? Don't know. Don't know. Well, it was probably clearly another shit guy that she's picked. Yeah, she must be going through him. She really, really. is. And Ben was born in 1976. He says that when he's coming, coming to sort of thing. No, no, he says 19. <laughs> 17. <laughs> It's a good job this isn't on YouTube, Six. isn't it? <laughs> it does. But that would indicate then, Ben's got to be 20 years old, are we saying? About 20 years old? Well, this is 98, so he's 22. Okay, so mm. 22. Ruth, don't, Ruth looks like maybe mid-40s. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree yeah, with, that. Go with that. Yeah, I go with that. So, so, and she's got Ben, she's got these other two twins, Lance and Anne, who are, I'm guessing, I don't know. Are they the twins? Didn't know they were twins. I thought they were. They're in the same fucking cl class at school. I thought Lance wasn't in school. I don't know. Yeah, I think he is. I'm sure he is. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll, we'll find well, out. Anyway, they're about 16 years old. Mm -hmm. From a di completely different dad again. Yeah. So there's. 
Ruth has been getting gap. about. Ruth has been getting about a bit here. <laughs> and then you've got Philip Martin, who she's with now, who she's marrying after just a couple of weeks, mental. Yeah. Who's got <laughs> Hannah Martin, who's still on the show. And I remember he had another daughter called Debbie Martin as well. And he's clearly not with their mum, so this... So there's a lot going on here, I don't... Do you want to know who Lance and Anne's dad is? Yeah, go no, on No, because this might be later... No, this might be in the future. Uh, that's a good point, actually, yeah. No, yeah, okay, Martin, 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 Martin. cheating bastard. <laughs> I was just, just, just checking on... I won't say anything, but I, I was just checking on, on Wikipedia. Um, I was actually just looking to find out if they were twins, but I can't find anything yet. Well, well... Uh... No, no, we'll find we'll find out these things as we go along. That's they are twins. They are twins. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Yeah, apparently. I mean, that was only one article, but yeah, they are okay. referred to as twins. So they're twins. Okay. Well, you know, this is part of the fun as well, finding out things as we go along, because I I just assumed they were, but I I just assumed Lance was the older brother. But there we go. He maybe he could be. He could have been born first, so he would be the older brother. That's how they don't come out at the same time, as far as I know. Is it not? No, they don't come out at the same time. They they, they form a line, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, so uh, Jeff is struggling with the. He wants to tell Ben that his father, but you know, he's also this kid's brain damaged, so he doesn't want to do any more damage to the brain by giving him this explosive information. So uh, he's just kind of hanging around, pretending to work there. Does this hospital not have security? Oh, this annoyed me as well, actually. So when Ben comes to and his family are there, it's like Caitlin and Anne and I think Ruth's there as well. The doctor basically goes, right, he needs some rest. You need, to, you need to get off now, you lot. So that's the only time I've ever seen him kick anybody out. Like the rest of all the other episodes, people, Luke, like people are coming in. This Jeff keeps coming in. All these other people come and see him. Um, but the doctors never say, oh, what are you doing here, or anything. The visiting hours in this hospital are complete bullshit for me. It mm -hmm. makes no sense. This might be another reason why Carl is having to go to the hospital, just to keep an eye on things, because the people running the place are a joke. You think you think Carl's holding all this, the hospital together as well as his own surgery? I think so, yeah, and that's what's making him struggle in his own personal life. He just gives too much. This is Carl's biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're firmly on Team Carl, aren't you? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, okay, so we also find out uh, about Ben's helmet that he was wearing during the uh, during the crash. It's now on display in the fucking pub. They've took the helmet from from what, what he was wearing when he nearly died, and they've taken that off it. They've taken that off his nearly twitching corpse and put it on display in the pub. And we find out it was some guy called Barry Sheen that did it. I don't think we'll ever meet Barry Sheen, but I think they like to do this thing where they drop names in. Barry Sheen is a very famous race car driver from Australia. Is he? So Barry Sheen was there. A famous race car driver. No, Lewis also wrong? got a, a, a helmet up in the bar, oh, which is so wrong? famous because it belongs to Barry Sheen. Oh, and okay. Ben and Ben has lived and survived this car crash. And as a tribute, Lewis put 
just Ben, who's a regular guy, his helmet, he's put that on display with this very famous helmet um, that belonged to the great Barry Sheen in his bar beautiful. as a kind of trophy. I'm so glad I made notes on this and then you have to... I'm me. so glad I'm here to translate <laughs> your fucking bullshit that you write down. <laughs> I'm literally watching these things because you've made me. And I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm only half watching them. I, I'm doing other things while I'm watching them. I'm pausing them and making notes. I, like, Show everybody the notes for the YouTube people. Show everybody the notes that you've written down on it. Is any of this what you've written down correct? Or is it just your own thoughts? Ridiculous. That's how many much notes I've made. Look uh... the state of it, everyone. <laughs> You thought someone called Barry Sheen had pulled Ben's helmet. I'm going to say, keep saying things like that because I know it makes him giggle a little bit. Um, pulled Ben's helmet clean off, tossed it off, and then put it behind the bar. That's what you thought would, was happening. Yeah, that's what I thought was going on. Mental. Some people aren't happy about the helmet behind the bar, though. Where do you stand on it, Tim? An actual crash helmet. So it did protect Ben's life. It saved his life, so probably a pretty cool thing. Would you put that on display, or do you think it's in bad taste? I think it's a bit soon. I mean, let's find soon. out if his brains are mangled yet. Yeah, like, I if think If it that... just saved his life and he's completely fine, that's kind of a cool artefact to have. But if it didn't work, then that's just sick. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm on Tim's side with this one. It's way too soon. Yep. The guy is still in a coma, and it's up there. He's still talking like that. In his <laughs> and we don't know if he can walk. Going back to my prediction, sorry to be smug about it, but at the moment, complications. We don't know if he's going to make a full recovery. He can't feel his legs. No. And do you know what the excuse the doctors give as well? Well, they can't give be more specific. Because there's lots of bruising. Is that a medical thing? Like, can doctors not look past bruising and like do scans and see if like it might be a lot of swelling and maybe that's what they mean. But yeah, there's like, oh well, we can't give you any answers because there's lots of bruising and swelling. Well the, the swelling would get in, in the way of the CT scan, wouldn't it? Would it? it could. I don't know. Um, I was just worried they were really shit doctors. Well, they're not well. letting go home. They haven't gone full Carl and said, have a nap, <laughs> get home. They've actually kept him in, Sleep it in the hospital. So, <laughs> Okay, one last thing. Well, I, I won't say about. anything. Sorry, go on. Oh, just quickly, I won't say anything for the sake of spoilers, but I, I, I think I do remember, just from having watched it 20 years ago, a little bit that's part of this storyline in the future. So I'll bring that up again next week, but... Um, yeah, I, I do remember there being some kind of car crash, and there's a video about the car crash or of the car crash. Did they sell it to like uh, world's greatest car crashes, like those videos that were very popular in the the late nineties? Maybe I don't. I don't remember that that kind of detail, but I, yeah, I, I do seem to remember there was a video, and it comes. You've up. been framed. <laughs> but that that'd be worse than having a helmet in the bar, I think. <laughs> So, yeah, just one last thing about uh, this kind of storyline. So, uh, Jeff wants to talk to Ruth and, and just ask her out to the pub. He's like, let's go somewhere else, babe, and just fucking and gets off to the pub with her so they can talk because he doesn't want to talk in the hospital. 
He wants to talk in a place where he can absolutely fire with alcohol. No, I, you know what? You're very close there. But Jeff says that. He says, let's go somewhere more quiet. Then Ruth said, there's a pub around the corner. Oh, did she, Ruth suggest that? She suggested the pub. He said he wanted to talk, and that was like, you know, we, need, we want to talk. And she went, there's a pub around the corner. You've been Pitch. watching it less than I have. Because <laughs> I remember thinking, what? Her son's in a coma talking like that, and she's taking a da- his dad, who apparently, I didn't see this because I think it got cut off the video, she'd slapped him because she was telling Philip Martin that she slapped him in the face. So she slapped him at some point. Yeah, I think um, they edited that violence So out. it got cut off the video, but then she's asking him out to the pub. For, and Right, and then this was the next bit. I thought, okay, they're going to the pub. It's a place where they can sit down and have a chat. They both had a glass of wine there. Wine. Wine? Wine gets wasn't you- an orange juice or anything at the pub for a chat. They both had a wine. wine. Wine gets you the most drunk and the most horny. Because, you know, Susan's trying to get Carl drunk on wine. She is. So we all know what wine leads to. And yeah, they sat, did they buy the bottle? Was it two glasses? Or do you think they bought the bottle as well? Well, you know what? Like, I only it, saw the... for the price, we might as well just buy the bottle. Exactly. I only saw the two glasses. They both had a glass of white. I, In my mind then, probably the same as you, I was thinking, should have just got the bottle, guys. <laughs> if that's what <laughs> you're going to do. Quid. The it's extra yeah. $3, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> We'll move on to the Toadie storyline. Uh, and we thought the Madge uh, stuff was dramatic before, but this is the real drama of the, the, the this, this block of episodes here. Uh, so Toadie is hanging out at the, the swimming pool. Uh, they've come to meet Billy after his shift. And they're, they're going to hang out. And Toadie's like, yeah, I'm going to score some girls. There's... The, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've never tried to pick up girls at a swimming pool before. Uh, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> right, so either that's not true <laughs> or, or the swimming pool is indeed the only place in the fucking world where you haven't tried. So fair play if that is the case. <laughs> So which one of those two things is it? <laughs> uh, it's probably the latter suggestion. Uh, as I was watching, I was thinking, actually, that's a really fucking good idea. Uh, <laughs> no, so where, so, where so, are the ladies most vulnerable? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm fucking cutting that bit out, Jesus. <laughs> so, so Tony is bullshitting uh, his way to these girls. Uh, he tells them he's going to be a millionaire by the time he's 20. Because, because uh, slightly before this scene, uh, they've got their uni uh, placements. Uh, and Toadie has got the one he, he went for. Uh, something to do with finance, I believe. Adam, if I'm wrong, I'm sure you'll correct me on this. It's like business and commerce or something like that. Yeah, so he, he's going to tell them that he's going to be a millionaire by 20. Uh, and then he thinks, well, how do I exclamate, you know, how do I exclamate this point if I'm going to be a million nine twenty? I'm going to do a cool little flip off the diving board. So he goes to the diving board and he jumps off. And then <laughs> this was high drama because we don't see Toadie 
hit his head because A, they can't do the scene or B, they haven't got the money to do the scene or get a body double in. So we get this off, we get this off camera thing where Hannah goes, oh my God, I think he hit his head. And then we cut back to just a random body just floating in the water. That is clearly not Toadie. No. It's just a random body. I think it might actually be like a, a, like a dummy or like one of those that you practice uh, CPR on. You think they couldn't have even had, had the actor in the water then? Well, no, he is in the water later on. But yeah, they literally, they, they do the camera angle because Tim's not seen this. They do the camera angle from the edge of the diving board and they show, it, they show him jumping off and then they cut away. They make a big splash sound effect. I don't know if they throw some water as well. Uh, and then yeah, you've just kind of going and going, oh my God, I think he hit his head. It was uh, pretty bad. Yeah, it, it was pretty, pretty terrible. And then they cut the episode there and then we come back to it. Uh, so it's Billy who, Billy and Caitlin who decide they're going to jump in the water and save the day and save Toadie. Uh, because the lifeguard that taken over his shift from Billy uh, is a guy called Foster, not giving a fuck. Doesn't care. He's off chatting to girls, not looking yeah. at what's going on. Uh, which he consequently gets fired for. Instantly gets fired for it. Mr. Claude, I believe, is the uh, the, the person who owns this, the swimming pool. Uh, gives him absolute shit for it and just fires him straight on the spot. And then offers Caitlin the job straight away. No, no, no due process, no investigations, no employee rights here. Just you're fired, you're hired, done. I think that's fair. Like his job was lifeguard to guard their lives at the swimming pool. He didn't. Well, you've not done your job, you're fired. Who did save the life? Who did guard somebody's life at the swimming pool? Caitlin, get her in if she wants the job. She's obviously a good swimmer. Brilliant. That's all. If you're a lifeguard and you can, sw can you swim? Fucking brilliant, get in. Can you swim and can you pay attention for more than 10 seconds? That's all I want from these people. So I say good, well done, Caitlin. Caitlin, a couple of weeks back, was healing it up on, on Neighbours. Big face turn for Caitlin this week. You think, but well, it leaves a great, it dangles a great little carrot now because now Billy and Caitlin are working together and, and does quite a little nice little sort of look as she realises what's about to happen here is that they're now going to be working together and flashes a bit of concern, but uh, yeah, it leaves a nice Flash little... Flash a little bit of concern if I remember that swim, uh, swimming scene. <laughs> Quickly moving on from that. Uh, so they get Toadie home. They get him back to Lou's. Uh, everyone's fussing over him. Lou offers to cancel his shift at the pub to look after Toadie. Uh, Lou owns the pub, so I don't think he needs to cancel shifts. He's the owner of this pub. He doesn't have to cancel any of his shifts. He just... He can just not show up if he wants to. He seems to be the only one fucking working there, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've only seen Libby pull one shift there. And that entire shift, she just gave away free drinks all night. But, uh, There's so, something else I spotted at this point. Okay. So, uh, yeah, on. I think we might be about to hit the same point here, but go on. Go on. Oh, you want me to go on? Okay, so yeah, he cancels yeah. to his last shift, but I don't think he really meant it. Because the second he says, no, I'm okay, he goes, all right then, see you later. And then waves to his daughter, who must be what, three, four? See you later. I'm off to the pub now. So leaves, 
his three, four-year-old daughter with a possibly concussed toady to look after. Because <laughs> Libby and Darren are there too, and like, well, if he's going to the pub, we're fucking going. They fuck off to the pub as well. They fuck off as well. <laughs> so they His daughter's three years old. They all fuck off. And and this this yeah, I did spot this. So it happens then. This he always works at the pub. It's his pub. Who's watching that three-year-old all the time? Well, Tony and Billy. Blew my mind. Tony again, possibly can cost. And Billy, and I think Anne later on. So there's you know a bit of a, a female influence there, maybe. But yeah, just leaving this three-year-old kid. I didn't even. Where's this kid been for the, all the other episodes? Where has this kid been the rest of the time? Don't know. But this this poor kid, this poor kid is clearly not getting looked after properly. Because this kid as well, I think she's called Lolly, if I'm right. It's, it's good to get some facts about this, right? Um, <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck about Lou's going. She's like, you know, most kids, when they when their parents are leaving her, are slightly upset and, you know, have a little bit of separation anxiety. She's like, yeah, see you later, dickhead. Like... She, she doesn't care that he's going. She's like, yeah, well, she's just one of a massive rotating cast of people that are also present in the room with me at, at some point. She hasn't got a clue. I don't think she knows that Lou's her father. I don't think she hasn't knows any sort of concept of parents. It's, like I said, it's just a rotating cast of people that show up and are present in the room at the same time as her. And then let's face it, probably not sometimes. She's probably getting left on her own a couple of times. That's what it looked like. It looked like she'd been left to fend for herself, bless her. Yeah. She looked like she had some sort of, you know, she had she had some sort of food in front of her, I think. <laughs> it could have been crayons, in, I don't know. In don't a cage. Know. <laughs> in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do you do you agree with this kind of parenting, Tim? Do you think you'd be this little I don't know. parent? I, I, I vaguely remember. Lou and his small child. Um, I don't know who who's its mom. Do we even know at this point? No, that was. Know. Don't Google it, Tim. We'll we'll find this out. No, I'm not going to. Because I'm sure there'll be a storyline where the mom comes back at some point. She's not dead. If, if they're not dead, but even then, sometimes being dead doesn't stop half these characters coming back. <laughs> I mean, Harold was dead for a good five years, I believe, and he's back now, getting working yeah. two jobs. So. <laughs> does seem like he's got some mental problems though <laughs> <laughs> so Tony possibly concussed uh, but he's milking this for all his, all his work he's like I'm, I'm possibly concussed I'm just going to sit my ass on the couch and let everyone just get me uh, fizzy drinks and junk food while I watch uh, a 60s TV marathon not once does he want to go to the hospital. Not once does he think, ah, you know what, maybe I should get checked out. I was unconscious in the water, nearly drowned. Maybe I should get this checked well, out. You say that, but I think actually um, we didn't see it on camera, obviously, but Carl actually turned up at the swimming baths at one point and he advised he? Soldier to just go home and have a bit of a nap. Did he? Did I miss uh, this as well? No, no we okay. didn't. Oh, you're, you're talking about hypotheticals now. Yes, with Carl's behaviour in previous episodes. Um, yeah, do... I, I, wanted, I wanted to point that out, actually. A, a few of the things that you both brought up today, 
it's not Big Brother. It's not like the the cameras are there twenty four hours a day to catch everything. Like the, the people who are looking after. Camera. Yeah, obviously, I, the, the people who are looking after Lou's baby, and I mean, yeah, that that particular scene sounds fucking weird, and they should have thought of something else to to give the viewers a bit of you know a bit more confidence in what was happening. But maybe they had a discussion about something else that was happening. Someone else might have been there. I don't know. But yeah. Carl definitely could have been there. He's everywhere else. Well, I am taking this as a documentary. I'm just going to say that now. This, <laughs> if it's not on screen, it's not happened, in my opinion. <laughs> so I, I just want to, you know, you know, I'm gonna lay out my cards there. Uh, there is a couple of other little minor storylines going on around this stuff, uh, but I don't think there's anything particularly interesting talk about uh the whole billy and caitlin thing seems to be on the back burner for a little while there seems to be an uneasy truce between them and caitlin they actually bond a little bit when uh ben doesn't remember who caitlin is and so they're, they're kind of on an uneasy truce but i think as we've said as i said before i think uh now billy and Anne, uh now billy and caitlin are going to be working together that might start flaring up again at some point so that completes the roundup of uh, the episodes that we watched, 3006 to 3009. Uh, the next block of episodes we're going to watch is 3015 to 3019. That's where we're going to be next. And as we like to finish the podcast, I'm going to ask you two where you think we're going to be uh, in regards to certain storylines. Uh, so Tony's concussion. How's that storyline going to play out? Where are we going to be by 3015? I reckon that'll be just a distant memory and it'll be as if it never happened. <laughs> it never mm-hmm. happened. It never happened at all. They've moved on to... Um, I reckon there's going to... because I felt like there was a little bit of tension between him and Darren um, in that episode because Toady was being a bit loud and a bit of a bit of Toady. Um, I reckon him and Darren are going to start having a war but not like a really bad war, maybe like a prank war of some kind. Okay. So you think there's going to be some sort of prank war going on. Okay, I like that. Tim, yeah. what do you think I, that I think the only, I, I agree, because the, the only reason it happened was to set up the swapping of the lifeguards. That's it. That's the storyline that will go forward. So they just needed so, something, okay. some incident at the pool, and it so, made sense. So, Tim, then, what do you think? You go a slightly different direction, then. What do you think is going to happen with the lifeguards and at the pool and things like that? What might happen yeah, there? With, with, well, with I just, Ann and Caitlin. I don't, I mean, I don't know details necessarily, but I just think that they've set that up to be a little bit of friction in that three way little storyline. So, how do you think that friction knows? will conclude? How do you, is Billy going to make a decision sexually? But is Billy gonna make? Is he gonna? Is he gonna make a decision? Is he gonna shit? I'll get off the pot. Like, is he? Is he gonna pick Anne? Is he gonna pick Caitlin? If it were up to me, I'd 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 have him choose neither at this point because he's being a bit of a fanny. And well, I, I can that that seems like a possibility actually because Billy because uh, he gets into uni, but it seems to be far away where he's going. Yeah, good. So yeah, maybe he just fucks them both off. Yeah, it doesn't sound worth it at this point. Mm. <laughs> Too much drama. Uh, 
Too much drama. Uh, what about Madge? What do you think? Her, uh, she's a ticking time bomb. Is she going to blow? No, I think something's got to happen with... Um, Harold's got to find out. So I think, we were saying it earlier on, I think Carl will actually go against his, his little um, patient doctor confidential thing. And I think he will. it will get to the point where he does have to tell Harold and Harold ends up getting Madge to the hospital and he's, he's very worried about her, but I think she'll be in hospital for a couple of weeks um, with that. I think he's going to, Harold's going to have to man up a little bit because in, in their relationship, he's like the doddering warrior and Madge is quite harsh, isn't she? And pretty, pretty strong. I reckon it's going to have to flip a little bit. Harold's going to have to put his foot down and get Madge to the hospital. Otherwise she's fucked. Okay. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you though slightly that one. I think it's gonna be Sarah who breaks the confidentiality. I reckon Harold either working with Sarah, because don't forget he's being hired as a secretary. Maybe he looks at some notes, maybe Sarah leaves some notes out that he shouldn't see, or she'd accidentally slips up uh, because she's read the notes. And then maybe that will cause then further friction between Carl and Sarah. Because I feel like, that uh, moving on to Carl and Sarah, I feel like they're going to keep on arguing for a while before something actually happens. I feel like they're going to be, oh, we hate each other, blah, blah, blah. Argue, 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 argue. Wake up in bed together, kind of thing. Good sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've got the Ben storyline as well, Coma Ben. Uh, will he walk again? Not by those next episodes. Not by those next episodes. No. But do you think he'll be doing that thing where he's walking on, like, on grabbing onto the little handrails at the side? Do, do you think we'll get, like, a walking montage of him learning to walk? I think walk? we will get that. I think we will get that. But I reckon wheelchair um, and a and wheelchair with added depression. And the, the depression will be shown by increased facial hair that is what i'm predicting for the, those next few <laughs> well you, you absolutely walk. banged on with the bank predictions so i'm not going to go walk. he's going downhill obviously hopefully not in the wheelchair otherwise that that might be another accident um he's in the wheelchair he can't walk he's given up on life beard that is the, that is the signifier of giving up on life when you grow a beard Hey man, I'm halfway there. <laughs> I was going to say, I like your beard at the moment, Adam. Uh, well, there we go. I think that's the, the podcast. Uh, like I said, next up, next week, we're going to be watching episodes 3015 to 3019. So if you want to watch along with us, you are more than welcome. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WatchNeighbor. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, Adam. See you later. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you.